This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast. You order hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, Joe, we're back. First episode, a first true episode of the new season. Of course, Wrexham away on Saturday. Arguably the toughest game in the division. First of all, how are we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, fine. Um, there's plenty to get stuck into today. I, get, I mean, do you want to maybe do a quick rundown ahead of what we're actually going to talk about today? Because we're covering a lot, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, we'll start, we'll go, go somewhat chronological order. So, pre-season is supposed to finish now, so we'll Talk about the two home games, Cobblers, Cov, and where we think we actually stand as a team right now and as a club. Then, of course, a squad review, which kind of implements into that. What do we need? What what potentially could potentially leave also? And then we're getting to the Wrexham game. Obviously, I have Nathan Salt on from Rob Ryan Red to give us a bit of lowdown on Wrexham. And then I'll go to Joe for his thoughts and a bit of my thoughts as well. And then we'll take a short little break. Then we'll get into our, our more long-term predictions. I'm sure we're going to go an absolute... An absolute fire pit in terms of her end of the season. Um, but we've done a breakdown of the Prem, uh, the Championship, League One, and of course League Two, as well as our prediction for where Dons are going to finish this season. So, Joe, pre season, obviously a very interesting one. What a pre season where we didn't actually win a single game. Um, I think it's as negative as that, but obviously there was a lot of backlash from the two home games, particularly Coventry, where we lost 5 1, and Northampton, where we also lost 3 1. Um, I didn't go to any of the games. Obviously, I've been monitoring a lot of social media and I've obviously watched a lot of the team prior to those two games this this sort of pre-season. But give me your initial thoughts on those two home games and where your mind's at with this Graham Alexander side. Um, in terms of the results, I just I really couldn't give less of a shit, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> sorry to just go straight in on that, but <laughs> I don't care really at all. Um it's been well documented that we've been doing training sessions in the mornings of these games. We've not been treating them as normal games. We've not been playing for results and Graham Alexander said as such. So I don't, you know, no reason to really doubt him there. Um, I think the Coventry game, okay. Yeah. We were very much outclassed, but I think there were positive things like, for instance, we changed from a three, five, two to four, three, three at the break. And that did, you know, we were getting on the ball a bit more, um, and to be honest, a couple of their goals were just absolutely really, just really good and just worldy, so to speak. So I don't really mind too much about that. Um, cobblers, I, I wasn't there, so I can't really comment on. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, OK, that's probably a, a team that's more closely linked to who we're going to be coming up to this year. But, again, he, you know, he played Joel Anker, a youth teamer, um, and you don't expect that he'll be starting on, you know, it, going into the fight, going into the league season. Um, but overall, I'm very reluctant to place too much emphasis on preseason because, well, I don't know if you remember, Liam, but we had a great preseason last year. Absolutely, mate. And look where we ended up finishing that season. So, yeah, I really don't give a monkey's about preseason games. Obviously, and I personally think the two games where I would realistically say the teams that we played are either physically or talent-wise close to what we would be. As you mentioned, it's Northampton where we, you know, we lost 3-1, but it was quite a close game overall, um, despite what people may, may, may have got outplayed, things like that. And then the Germany game where, whilst no one actually saw it, we played a team who are in just got promoted to the second division of Bundesliga, quite a physical side from the, if you look at the profiles of their players. So the fact that we probably should have got some sort of result there is kind of positive for me. And I said it on the Wrexham podcast that we did um, earlier this week, which please check it out if you haven't already, with either on Rob Ryan Red and that people do need to chill out a little bit. I know that's hard at the start of the season and people want players to come in. Everyone wants a striker, of course we do. Bit of a spoiler for later, but I'm not that concerned. Do I think we're a top three League 2 team? Absolutely not right now. I think, I think we're way off it. I think the three teams that we'll talk about later are way ahead of everyone else, but I wouldn't say we're that far off being a top seven team. We just need a few players in and... I personally, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think Graham Alexander was appointed to give, to make us a top seven side, but not a top three side. And I think his expertise in the playoffs, we will see that if we get in there. But it's all about getting in there in the first place. And I think we can. It's just right now it's a bit it's a bit concerning, but also I'm not that worried. Yeah, I think you've put it well. Um, in terms of, yeah, I, I just think, uh, we we are short still, but the other thing is, and I mean, I guess this kind of now, maybe we should start this actual squad review. There's when does the window actually shut? Is there five weeks left? It's the end of the month, isn't it? So I'm assuming. So the thirty first of of August will be That's the closing date. Um, Friday, September the first. Oh, so, yeah, so it's today. four weeks tomorrow. So we've got four weeks tomorrow. So. And and this another thing is uh, so many prem teams aren't even home from their preseason tours. Mm. So I know people are speaking about loans, but I can't can name me a t- many t- how many teams in our league have got loans signed up. It's made a handful, a handful. Um, in terms of the squad, I think the obvious thing is that we need is a striker. Yeah, I think that Mo Issa, he's played in League Two once and he scored twenty three goals. I've seen some talk that he's not good enough for League Two and that we should get rid of him and he's not good enough to be our striker in League Two and quite frankly I think that people are saying that are absolutely I I just couldn't agree I couldn't disagree anymore and it really does wind me up a little bit Um, but I mean we've all got opinions though Um, but I think in this team I don't think he will be scoring 23 goals because of how Graham Alexander wants to play. And I think the frustrating thing for me is that it's quite obvious, that that fact is quite obvious. Now, I'm sure they are working hard behind the scenes, but the fact that Graham Alexander's going into the season with a striker that is completely at odds with the profile of striker, which 
we'd normally see him play with means that the whole rest of the team, I feel, is compromised because I feel that so much of his attack and play is down to a striker. That you, you know, one thing I noticed in the friendlies that I did go to was that the strike, like we, we couldn't progress the ball because we weren't playing out from the back and the ball just wasn't sticking at the top end of the pitch. Now, if you had a, a striker that could hold the ball up, and I'm not saying hoofing it, but, you know, play into the channels, hold the ball up, you know, someone of the profile of a, a Max Waters, a Cameron Jerome, a Carlton Morris, someone that brings pl- other players into play. Because, you know, whether people like it or not, people like Dara Burns, Nathan Holland, Jonathan Lecker, they do have talent and, they, you know, it's not been consistent. But in this pre-season, we've barely been able to see them get on the ball. And I feel that with a pres- with a striker with a bigger presence, then that will enable us to get up the pitch easier and I think bring others into the game, especially, you know, the likes of Gilby and um, and maybe Robson or Devoit. You know, they will also be playing off that striker as well and just getting helping to get us up the pitch. I mean, I think that's the main... Because in terms of the first 11, I don't think we're too far off. I, I, and I think Graham Alexander said as much as well. He said we've got a good eleven or twelve, but beyond that, it's like <laughs> a bit concerning. And I almost feel like this is still a squad where it's built for Liam Manning. It's built for Mark Jackson. It's not a squad that's built for Graham Alexander. Now, whether we're waiting for people to go out the door before we bring players in, okay, that's fine. Um, I, I think if, if it was, say, the window shut in a week or two, I would be really concerned. But I'm not because there's four weeks left in the window. And I know last season we made the mistake of basically having 30 first-team players on our books. And I feel that that creates a whole other raft of problems, which we've spoken about before. So I think it's quite clear the profile Graham's going for. And I would say that every single signing I'm happy with, I mean, Tommy Smith, we haven't really spoken about him too much, Lee. Maybe we'll speak about him in a moment. But I think overall, we know the profile of player we want to go for. And I think now it's just about we need to back Graham. And because, you know, we've pivoted away from our sort of, not principles as such, but we've we've gone for a little change compared to what we've gone for for the last three or four years. You know, under Russell Martin, it was a certain style. We were doing things a certain way. Same with Liam Manning, same with Mark Jackson. Um, we've gone back to, you know, sort of a a Tisdale type of football. Nothing wrong with that, as long as we back him and give him the players needed to be able to play that sort of football. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You can have a bit much better yourself in terms of that forward position. Um, Well, I'm sure it was one of the the number one priorities in terms of the list that we had for Graham Alexander. And as we all know, with the striker market, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. You know, there's been countless years where we've gone for certain players, we've priced out of it or the player gets jacked away from us last minute to go somewhere else. But yeah, looking at that forward group of, of Lecker, Weiser, Dean and Dennis, we definitely need someone in there who makes a difference. And, you know, in the 4 3 3 I, you know, I think it, say it is like Lecker and Burns, for example, on the wings, like being inverted wingers, that physical striker will really bring the best out of them, particularly Lecker, I feel. And, he could actually outscore that striker anyway, just by terms of his quality in League Two. If he can put it together, it's absolutely fantastic and will be one of the best players in the league for sure. But looking away from the forward line, I think the midfield I'm I'm fairly happy with. Obviously, we'll probably play with a three-man midfield this year and I think 
MJ Williams and Alex Gilby and those two recruits there are, I'd say, pretty locked in 85 percent of the games this season in League Two. I really can't Maybe see just many... one more. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust. I don't trust Smith. I don't know. I think he likes Robson, and I think he likes Devoy. Yeah, I, you know, we've barely seen Smith, so potentially maybe he's on his way out. And then if that is the case, then I definitely would like one more in there. Well, of course, we're forgetting about obviously, you know, Conor Grant's still back from injury. I think he's got well, I think he's back to the end of the month, really. Um, but you know, he could potentially fill in that third role because I think from what I've seen this preseason is I think like I said those two positions of Williams and Gilby are pretty locked in, but that third midfield spot and that sort of more advanced number eight is uh is not quite set in stone for me. Um, I like Robson. I like parts of Devoy, but I don't think either of them right now are the answer. Um, Robson's more likely for me, and I'd probably start him against Rex definitely on Saturday. Definitely on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would like to see, if it's not Grant, I would like to see someone else in there who could add a difference. It, it may be a kid, but a kid who, like on a Coventry potentially, not, not, I mean, not his, his quality necessarily, but someone with a similar profile, similar build, who can add a bit of physicality in there for sure. Yeah, no, I think I'm. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm with you on the midfield, and and then yeah, defense. I mean, wing backs. I think on the left side, I think we're pretty set. Yeah, I mean, Harvey is Harvey. Harvey's one of the best fullbacks in the league on his day, and Brooke he's had a mixed preseason. Obviously, he got he got a bit exposed to um on one of the home games, but that wasn't his fault at all. That was just a system thing, and we saw quickly how again from a three back straight back to a four back, which is. I, I would value that as his preferred uh, sort of system that he wants to introduce at 4 3 3. So, yeah, Brooke and, Brooke and Harvey, I think, are pretty set in stone for this season. And we've seen what Brooke's done at Worldstone last season in a pretty competitive league. I like to feel was in the cup games and maybe in some league games also, he can definitely come into the team and uh, do a job for us. Yeah. And then on that right side, I think that's where, again, the starter is set in stone. I'm happy with Norman going forward. Um, we've seen some just some glimpses from him, but he's got a good reputation, and I'm more than happy with him moving forward. So maybe just you know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable Callum Tripp being, you know, the backup if if, if Norman was to get an injury, and you know, I would like a, a, a Tommy Smith like figure. I guess we'll come on to the centre backs now. Um, so we got what was uh, so obviously Zach Jules has gone, yeah. Tommy Smith has come in. Um, so we've now got Warren O'Hara, Jack Tucker. Um, Charlie Waller, who's actually I've been really impressed with in preseason, by the way. Yeah, very solid. Um, and then Tommy Smith and Dean Lewington. Um, I think that's a if we're going to play four at the back, I think that's a really solid um, quintet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I, you'd probably think that Warren and Jack are going to be our um, main pair. Um, I think I think Tucker could really thrive because you know he plays and and I'm no way. It's the he's he's played in a more agricultural team, let's say. Um, at times, you know, he kind of did struggle with just confidence on the ball. So I think him having to not really worry about on the ball stuff and maybe just being able to concentrate on defending, I think would be great for him. Yeah. Um, maybe someone like Was might not be so adept at playing this style of play, but we've seen that he's a good good leader, a good influence on the team, and you know he, he is good on the ball. Um, so I think yeah, I'm quite happy with the the starting um, centre backs. I mean, Tommy Smith signing as well. Do you, do you think that losing him for Jules? I feel like overall we've net gained personally. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a massive gain. I mean, I've I've seen a bit of Smith this preseason, and I really really like him. I know there was a lot of things saying he's going to go to non-league, and obviously he's coming in here. But I think 
I think not only is he really valuable for the dressing room and as you said, Joe, like getting that profile in that we need and all of that good stuff, but also like I think he's still a solid player. And I think he's a really big communicator in that back line, which I think we've missed in the past. Like we always mentioned about how Lewington, whilst he's a fantastic footballer and obviously he's an icon at this football club, he's not a vocal leader. Whereas the likes of Gilby, MJ, Smith, they're all vocal leaders. And we don't have enough of those in dressing room previously. And when you're when you're captain from this preseason saying on podcasts that he doesn't want to be that out and out leader, like sort of in terms of like in dressing room, like American football style, sort of giving the guys like sort of a pep talk, people like Smith actually will. And I think that's why I think he'll get a lot more games than people think he actually will um this season. And I think he'll feature a lot this year. Whether it's alongside Was, alongside Jack Tucker. Um, but I think overall he's a really valuable piece of business done and one of the more underrated signings this window. And in terms of right back, um yeah, experienced one is an interesting one. I think obviously I like Cameron Norman for sure. I, I do question whether he is already experienced enough. Um obviously what's he like? Born in ninety five, so he's about a little close to his late late twenties now. So I think twenty seven, twenty eight, I think. Yeah, so maybe if we I think I could see a kid coming in there rather than an experienced player, but regardless, we need, we need numbers in that position. Of course we do. Um yeah, Tripp's not even got a squad number for this season, so that kind of gives you an indication to where his role will be this year. It's because um, he's not signed a pro deal yet. Oh, all right. He's all still right. sixteen. So um, I think he turns seventeen in August, so I mean, fingers crossed. Okay, we I'll don't hold my hands see. up on that one. Then. He, he's delighted to sign for Man City or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, regardless of whether it's Trip or Schultz, I mean, we've not really seen. They're both kids at the end of the day, so we can't rely on kids. Um, so yeah, I mean, need a number in there for sure. Whether it's a backup or to compete with Norman, we'll see. Yeah. So I think overall, what our shopping list is a backup, send a backup right back. Yeah. Um, a midfielder to compete for a step spot and a starting spot, a striker to start, and I mean, and uh, and then and then maybe another winger or wide forward. Yeah, wide forward is an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, you'd like to think with the numbers we have in the team now, someone could do that role, but no well, one's could, really could managed Mo, to do it. If we do get that target man, we we saw Mo out wide for a few games, didn't we? Yeah, Under we did, to Mark be fair. Jackson. Yeah, and uh, Forest Green, he scored. A yeah, point. yeah. From there, hmm, interesting. Mate, you know, there we go. Um, but then again, you would say as well that most probably one of our in-demand assets potentially. Um, yeah. So again, yeah. we just do not know. Um, or maybe we're waiting for someone to come in for Mo, and then we then we're going to spend big. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm hypothesising here, but yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm. I, I think we could be. We're not quite there yet, but I. I hope we will be there soon. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure they know. I mean, Graham Alexander's been quite clear that he wants what he wants. If we're sitting here in four weeks' time and we're saying the same thing, then I will be cheesed off. But I think for now, we can give them the benefit of the doubt that, you know, it's best to. Because I mean, we've, we were stung last season when we went early on a lot of players. So I think, um, you know, sometimes it may just pay to just wait a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the one thing with Graham and there's pros and cons to this point, but he's not a people pleaser ultimately. Obviously he wants to get on with people. He wants to do his job well, but at the same time, like he's here to change the culture of the football club, which as you mentioned, Joe has, has, has like, he mentioned there's like historical sort of problems 
it's definitely had them for years and years. And, you know, him coming in and doing what he's doing so far, yes, it may displease some people early on, but ultimately you have to feel it's for the greater good, ultimately. Like he has experience time on time on time again of getting to the position where we need to be in League Two. And it might hurt early on and it might this month might be quite a tough month for sure. But you kind of have to look long picture and, and the bigger picture in many respects to sort of say, okay, come November, December, January, maybe that's a more fair assessment as to where we are right now. But yeah, I mean, it's not an easy start as it wrecks him away. I mean, that's literally the toughest, but also potentially the best game you could you could get in the, in the whole calendar for opening day. Yeah, I mean, and just, just with that, you know, first month for Graham, so many people for years have been, they've not bought into the tippy-tappy shit, so to speak. They've wanted a change. They We don't have players good enough to play out from back. We don't have this, we don't have that. So, you know, we we are changing and it's quite a dramatic change. And I just hope Graham has the support needed to be able to execute that change. And we'll see. Uh, and the thing is, when we win, it's not going to be pretty. And when we lose, we can't say, oh, well, at least we played nice football. It'll be, we lose and the football's awful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the MK way is, mean, is, is, a, is a great philosophy. But at the end of the day, where has it got us? Oh, I completely agree. And I think at times we have been too soft and too naive. Um, and so I think that you know it's, we've, it's almost sort of getting back to basics as, as such I mean I really liked he, he did a press conference on Wednesday which is 20 minutes I'd urge anyone who hasn't looked to give it a listen is, um, you know some good, good things in there and one thing he said was um, Toby Locke said oh do, would, do you think people will view MK Dons as a scalp you know they've got their big stadium and, and uh, Graham Alexander turned around he said I've never seen a floodlight score a goal um <laughs> And I think it's sort of, I like that because he's not sort of, he's not blinded by the nice training, the nice, um, well, we haven't got a training ground, really. Um, but got he's not blinded. By, yeah, he's not, he's not blinded by the state-of-the-art stadium or facilities or, you know, a, a player that, you know, came from a big club or this and that and the other. He, he cares about what's going to get you three points. And I think that's maybe something not that we've been blinded by in recent years because we've you know we've had good years. It's, but I think he's he, he's um, he's very focused. I think, and I think that we a, a bit of focus is needed and will be valuable to us. Absolutely, mate. And I think time will tell on this what's going to happen with Alexander and this team. But yeah, I'm I'm optimistic. I think I'm more optimistic than most people. Um, but. That's just how I've been as a Don's fan overall, really. So I suppose time will tell as to how that goes. Happy clapper. Uh, maybe, maybe. But I like to think I'm not happy clapper when I need to be. Anyway, we'll stop, we'll stop uh, nattering along and we'll get into our option overview with uh, Nath Salt from Rob Ryan Red about Saturday. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the latest and the first opposition overview of the 2023-24 season. And it's uh, one of the biggest ones of the season, I imagine, um, particularly from a, a content point of view. Uh, obviously, Wrexham AFC, uh, our first game of the season away from home in Wales. And we're delighted to welcome Nathan Salt from Rob Ryan Red onto the podcast. So, Nathan, how are you doing? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. The first opposition view. Um, yeah, I mean, great. I mean, it's a, it's a great opener for us. First game of the season at home. Fond memories of Graham Alexander getting slapped around on his last visit to the race course. So, yeah, it couldn't, couldn't have got much better for us. We're, we're loving it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, those fond memories are short-lived in terms of the fixture on Saturday. But obviously, you know, back in the EFL now, obviously after promotion from the National League and a very really successful season overall, of course, with that sort of gaming it's not County. But talk to us about, obviously, your season last year and headed back into the fourth division. Yeah, remarkable season, you know, um, record points total, win every week pretty much. I mean, you know, you felt like a defeat, uh, you felt like a draw was a defeat, you know, you felt like any drop points with the nature of the National League, you know, and you guys will hope you won't get to that, won't come to that, go, going that far down again. But, um, you know, kind of that one automatic means just it means so much, whereas in League Two, you've kind of got, we feel like we've got, Christmas now, three automatic and then the playoffs and a little bit more margin for error. And like you say, there's a lot of younger fans, even fans in their 20s, late 20s even, they can't really remember Wrexham being good before, you know, these last few seasons. I mean, even if you think, even if they can remember being back in the Football League, I mean, we weren't very good for the last few years of that. So it's just great to be in the Football League again, not just for the prestige of being a Football League club, which fans hold dear and that is an important thing, but just damn, we're good and we've got a chance to be successful in the Football League and take that step closer to top level or championship or Premier League or, or wherever. So, yeah, we're really excited. It's a long time coming and um, hopefully we fly out the traps. Absolutely. And a sold-out stadium in the home and away end would certainly make for a fantastic right. start to the season for both teams, no matter who gets the result. Obviously, you know, very successful ownership group, very successful team on the pitch overall. And, of course, that's been valued by going over stateside this preseason, playing some big teams. And, you know, a quite unique experience compared to a lot of the teams in the League 2. Obviously, we, we had the joys of going to Wellstone and Barnet while you've been playing the likes of Man United and Chelsea. So, chat to us about that sort of experience and how that you may, how you think that may impact the team heading into the early parts of the season, but also long-term as well. Yeah, firstly, the tour itself, I thought, was a phenomenal experience. You know, really, really surreal. Meeting people who'd driven... You know, twelve, thirteen hours to to um you know, to come to the game, first Wrexham game purely because they watched the documentary and they were just hooked by the community and the spirit and the team and um so that was amazing. And and then from the tour perspective, I mean it's an easy stick to beat Wrexham with, you know, kind of uh Hollywood's, you know, fancy dance, think they're all this, you know, going to play Man United's young team and, and Chelsea and and, you know, this is not really a very good preparation for League Two. I mean, they had some of the best facilities in the world, you know, at their disposal, at their fingertips. Um, team bonding-wise, from what I gather, it was an amazing experience. You know, the squad are even closer than they were when they left. Uh, we haven't made many signings, and so the cohesion is there. 
I think it was brilliant. You know, there's there's a reason all these top clubs like warm weather training camps. And, uh, you know, I'd much rather have been in LA and on the beaches in LA, which is where I was for a little bit, than kind of on the coast of North Wales freezing, um, <laughs> drawing one all on a really crap pitch. So, um, yeah, I thought it was really good. But the proof will be in the pudding. I mean, we'll see how we get on against MK Dons. I mean, you could play LA Galaxy second team, Philadelphia Union second team, and United's under-21s. And ultimately, there's some nice technically gifted players in those groups. But not, I mean, not much is going to prepare you for League Two. That, and that first tackle, that first crunching challenge, that's going to go in. Big roar from the crowd, and then we'll be there. So, let's see. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll say that to see how we get on. Yeah, absolutely. You made a really good point. In fact, that you know, in terms of you know, many signings so far this summer, only the one, of course, will boil. If you don't include Ben Foster resigning for the club this summer. Uh, his continuous journey with Wrexham in League Two. So there's a fair argument to say that obviously last season, I think you could argue that you pretty much just, as you've said, you could expect him wins, you could beat the majority of teams in the National League because it's just the high calibre of play you actually had in that division. Whereas you look at your defensive structure now with Will Boyle and it's it seems to be a fairly solid one. You know, Aaron Hayden, Ben Tozer, of course Will Boyle coming in. It's I think it's a fairly solid unit and do you think that potentially that defence could carry you through into towards the higher up in, in the league as opposed to potentially someone like either Billy Waters or Paul Mullen, who of course will get you goals, but ultimately can only get you potentially so far? Oh, the, I mean, I mean, Paul Mullen could take us to the stars. I mean, he could take us wherever <laughs> he wants to. Um, but defensively, yeah, you make a great point. The defence is absolutely elite. And at the minute, we've got an embarrassment of riches defensively. You know, we think... Okay, Jordan Tonicliffe, before he joined us, was League Two team of the season. Um, he's out currently injured. I don't think he'll play. He definitely won't play on, on Saturday. Um, ben Tozer played every game for us last season. He will, again, I would imagine, be the first, second name on the team sheet and, and be the, the rock of the three. Will Boyle looks like he's going to solidify himself as that left-sided centre-back. And then it's a toss-up, really, between Aaron Hayden and Owen O'Connell. Aaron Hayden, probably our best attacker of the ball in terms of defensively from set pieces from set plays obviously the long throw is a big weapon for us and corners as well so Aaron Hayden is is massive in that respect but Owen O'Connell's come down from League One is the best ball playing centre-back at the football club um, is the most comfortable bringing the ball out from the back and there's immense value to that as well it'll probably be O'Connell I think that gets the nod Um, O'Connell Tozer and Boyle that's probably going to get the nod on Saturday We'll see. We'll soon find out. Um, but, it, you know, t- to have, say, Aaron Hayden as your first backup or Owen O'Connell as your first backup is... I, I don't think there'll be a better defensive unit as a whole when you factor in as well. Jacob Mendy, Ryan Barnett, Aaron, Anthony Ford, Callum McFadden. I don't think as a whole that defensive unit is, is going to... There's a team in the league that's got a better one. Um, you could Teams are going to debate who's got the best strikers, who's got the best midfielders, and there are other players I like a lot in the league. Defensively, I wouldn't be changing any of our lads um, for for who are the, who else people have got. To be honest, yeah, absolutely, I completely agree. I think I think that back three in particular and that group overall could definitely compete at a high division level. So the fact they're in League Two um, is a bit of a, a bit of a joke, to be honest, because I think they'll... what what I would say what I would say is that they were building that squad to to play in League One. That's yeah. the thing. The Wrexham haven't made any signings or not made many. Made will boil the ball boil signing. Maybe there'll be one more um, this week or next. But but ultimately, the squad was being built to compete in League One. And there'll be there'll be a couple of changes along the way, as there always is. But the bulk of that team, the idea is you will be capable of playing in League One. 
And then from there, you know, you're going to have to go and get, and whether that's next year, whether that's the year after three years from now, we don't know how long it takes as we've seen Salford have run into a few roadblocks and, and not got out as quickly as they thought. But the reason why Rex haven't made many moves is because this squad, the whole plan was to build a squad capable of League One and, and they haven't made many moves because they believe they've done that. Absolutely. And it's solid recruitment model so far that's progressed really, really well. And you'd only imagine that that will continue for sure. Obviously, um, the, the big news of the past sort of, sort of week or so is the Paul Willard injury. Obviously, he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time and towards the start of the season at least. How confident are you in this squad overall, considering you've been building it for years and years, that the team can cope without him for at least the first couple of months of the season? I mean, you're you're absolutely gutted. Um, I mean, we're all absolutely gutted that. I mean, you're you lot are definitely not gutted that Paul Mullins <laughs> injured. I'm sure you do. Sure, you're rubbing your hands together. Um, no, it was it's devastating. I mean, I got a bit of stick for saying it was devastating because you know, in 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 the grand scheme of things, it's a football has got an injury for a couple of weeks and is going to be out and you know, obviously not devastating. But it was the worst thing that could have happened in terms of an injury to any player. You know, I'd say that respectfully to all the other lads, but the, the worst one that could have gone down. Um, am I okay with what we've got? Yeah, because Elliot Lee is a goal scorer from midfield. Uh, Jordan Davis knows where the goal is from midfield. Um, Andy Cannon's off the mark now in pre-season. Tom O'Connor chips in. Ollie Palmer's been effective. Sam Dolby's improving all the time. You know, we're not a one-man team. I think when Mullen first joined and we didn't get that help, we hadn't got Palmer, we hadn't got Dolby and, and others Lee to help him. He was doing a lot on his own, you know, was dropping deep, running to the channels. We sort of needed him to be crossing into himself almost. Um, doesn't doesn't need to be that one man show now. He doesn't need to be the kind of the circus act that will do everything. You know, he has help, and it's an opportunity for these players that want to be the main man. You know, Mullen is that main man, is that cult hero. Now is your chance. You know, now is your chance. This is why you have squad depth. There's obviously no cover for Mullen. I mean, you can't. There aren't many Paul Mullins out there in the lower divisions. Um, and you guys seem to be, from what I see online, you guys are crying out for, uh, uh, you know, Alexander and, and the staff to sign strikers. Seems like you're you're in need, desperate need of a striker or strikers. Um, or fans seem to be saying, you know, would we like another one in? Sure, but then Mullen will come back, and we've got Mullen, Waters, Palmer, Dolby that all want you know an all merit first team minutes. So, in short answer to your question, can we cope with that, Paul Mullen? Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, I think we can. Good to hear. And I suppose, do you reckon, so it's a follow-up question to that is, do you reckon the three-five-two formation that you seem to be implementing throughout pre-season that Phil Parkinson wants to introduce, do you reckon that'll, that'll still be the case come Saturday? 100%. There's, there's no chance um, that he, I mean, that, that's so definitive, but there's just no chance that he changes it. He's, he's such a believer in that system. That system is made for Ben Toza and the wing-backs, Jacob Mendy, Ryan Barnett, it's made for them. Changing it now, when all we've played is three five two all the way for the last two years, two and a half years, would be it would be asinine. Basically, it would, wouldn't make any sense just because one player's gone down. We've got strikers that can slot into that role. It's more the bigger question is who plays up top. You know, we last preseason game we had Elliot Lee pushed further forward playing with Sam Dolby. It didn't quite work. Um, that's not to say if he tried it again, it wouldn't work against MK Dons. It didn't quite work in the, in that that game. I think fans are a little bit skeptical. Does he go with Ollie Palmer and Billy Waters? Do we end up with someone new in, you know, just the day before? Does he go with Palmer and Dolby? A little bit similar, um, both in kind of target men, but Dolby has got that pace in behind. Um, 
that's the more intriguing thing. Three five two, without a shadow of a doubt, is is what he'll play. Um, you know, Ben Foster will be in goal. Jacob Mendy will be at left wing back. Um, as I said, I think it'll be Boyle, Tozer, and O'Connell, and it'll be Ryan Barnett for sure at right wing back. I think he's a real, really special player. I think he could be League Two Team of the Year easy. Um, Tom O'Connell will be anchoring the midfield. You'll have Andy Cannon. You'll have Elliot Lee. You'll probably then have. I think he may go Ollie Palmer and Billy Waters. That that's the squad I think he'll go with. And you know, I don't. I, I, we don't know exactly what MK Dons will line up with, but I, that should be more than a match for whoever you put out. Absolutely, it's a very strong eleven, and obviously a very strong squad to back it up. Also, so you must fancy your chances in terms of. I know there's been a lot of talk about you guys potentially getting top seven, even top three in this league. What are your initial thoughts based off the squad you got now in terms of potentially achieving that goal? Yeah, I mean, top seven's got to be realistic. You know, you've got a squad that, yeah, we don't have that lead to experience and Stockport found it tough when they came in last season. I think we saw their slow start. You've got to heed that. I'd say they made a few more personnel changes than we did. So that was, I didn't watch their games. I don't know how many of them played early on, but definitely made a few more signings than we did. And whether it was a case of bedding them in or taking teams lightly, I don't know. But I... I think Wrexham will be right up there. I really do. And I actually think MK Dons will be right up there as well. Um, but when I release my 1-24 to later in the week, I'm sure people will see. And uh, I haven't got Wrexham number one. I haven't got Wrexham winning the league. Um, but have I got Wrexham in the top seven? Yeah, I've got Wrexham in the top seven. So I, I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll be right up there. Yeah, fantastic. I think I agree with that statement for sure. And I suppose the final point we'll leave it on, Nath, is what's your, what's your final thoughts heading to Saturday? Do you reckon you can get start the season off with three points? Oh yeah, I mean, I I think it'll be. I, I I mean, I said on on my podcast this week, I think it'll be two nil. Um, I just think mainly because we haven't had that home preseason friendly. I think the fan base will be almost rabid just to see football back in North Wales again, and it'll. And I I think it may. It's hard to know because I could say I haven't watched you guys. I don't know the personnel inside out, so it, it's hard for me to judge characters. I just think it'll be potentially overwhelming the kind of noise level that will be there. You know, Rob and Ryan will be there. It'll be a be a massive occasion. You know, really, will, it will be a massive occasion. And and I think Wrexham's players are used to that now. 10,000 rubbish. You know, I mean, MK Dons, and you're not playing in front of tiny, tiny, tiny crowds. I get that. And, and, and teams at this level aren't. So it's not going to be as big of a wow factor as it was for teams in the National League. I just think we're going to come absolutely flying out the traps. And with Mullin kind of out, it'll almost give us, I think, a bit of a siege mentality, you know, because I think if you're Alexander, you've got to say, look, this is a this is the best thing that we could have had, really. Mullin going down is, is the best thing that could have happened for us. Um, we've got a chance. Their best striker is not there. Um, you know, and try and put a bit of pressure on him early on, try and quieten the crowd. I just think early goal will settle us down and you'll be decent, you'll be good, but 2-0, 2-1, something like that, I think it'll be a close game, but I think we'll we'll edge it. I'm not going to come on here and say that you're going to win. So I, I refuse to do that. Yeah, completely fair enough. Um, yeah, definitely a tough opening game for, for both sides, but particularly, particularly our, our boys in terms of probably heading to the team who had the most momentum in the whole league. And obviously, as you mentioned, big occasion. Surprised it wasn't on Sky, actually. I was very surprised by that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure regardless, it'll be a fantastic game. Are you, in a way, are you, I say you as the fan base more generally, are you kind of thinking it's better to get Wrexham early in case they're undercooked after the tour or just get it out of the way or 
damn, this would have been good later as a running game. I mean, you obviously have to play everyone, but is it, I mean, is there a fear factor or just like, actually it might work in our favor. They've just got back from the States could, could be effective for us. Uh, so it's an interesting question. I think it's mixed emotions. I think towards the start of preseason, we were a bit, we were a bit like, Oh God, like we're playing the best, arguably the best team in the league first game of the season. Um, and then we thought about it a bit more and you know, we spoke to personnel at the club about it. And in many ways, it's a really good test for the squad. Um, to see where we actually are. Because ultimately, you know, you could say Wrexham are potentially the most cohesive unit in the whole league right now in terms of personnel sticking together, like I said, that momentum, things like that. So if anything, this could be the toughest game of the season straight away. Um, so in, in many ways, I think there's a pros and cons to it for sure. But I, I think I'm more, I lead to more towards the optimistic side of things. The fact that even if we do lose this game, which I think there's a possibility we do, you know, it's if as long as we put a performance, I can actually show that we're actually going to willing to fight this year and actually go for games, particularly against teams like yourselves and Stockport, Notts County, etc. Then we should have more of a chance of getting into that top seven for sure. So, Nate, thank you very much. Get on to the podcast. Um, as mentioned to all Don's followers looking in to get some previews in for the opening day of the season, please head over to Rob Ryan Red. Um, we'll be doing a preview on our end for the Wrexham guys over there, but please give it a listen. And uh, Nate, best luck for the rest of the season. Best of luck. I think you're going to have a fabulous season. I just think it's going to start pretty miserably. (laughs) Well, hopefully not for our (laughs) sakes, but thanks anyway. (laughs) Thanks again for Nathan coming on to the podcast, giving his thoughts on Wrexham. Joe, obviously, as mentioned, huge, huge game. Um, The Reynolds and the all the all everyone will be everyone be at the stadium for sure on Saturday. What are your initial thoughts heading to North Wales to take on arguably one of the best teams in the league? Um, parking seems pretty difficult around the area, so quite concerned about that. Um, um, also, they, <laughs> they it's pretty ominous there. I don't think there's been a favourite this short for the League Two in quite a while. And I, you know, as as um, as um, uh, the the podcast um, that came on just said, you know, it's it, it's with good reason, really. Um, I do spoiler alert. I don't actually have Wrexham as first in my predictions. Um, but I do think that they're going to be up there. And I think it's going to be built up on their defence. You know, as he said, um, they've got top-end League One defenders. Um, I think Paul Mullen, of course, is going to be a big, big loss. Um, and one thing that I, you know, I, I, I followed, um, I had my good, good friend is Notts County fan, so I did follow sort of what was going on last season. And a lot of the time it was sort of Wrexham just getting a clutch moment Um uh, and just grinding through the games, whereas Notts County was sort of blowing teams away. And I actually went went to Notts County versus Wrexham at, at Meadow Lane. And to be quite frank, Notts County absolutely battered Wrexham 1-0. I know it sounds silly, but, um, you know, they completely outplayed them. However, the defence and goalkeeper were, were very, very good. Um, but due to just the quality the Wrexham had, they didn't necessarily play well, but they were able to just make chances out of nowhere because of quality that they had. Um, I think, obviously, the wing-back's going to be huge for them. And with big presences in the middle, it's, you know, I think Tucker and Waz are going to have to be on um, on their top form. And given that as well, you've, you've then got to think about uh, Tozer and Boyle linking up again with the long throw, um, obviously, both previously of Cheltenham. And being promoted. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think that easily Aaron Hayden and um, Will Boyle could get, you know, 15 goals between them, uh, probably uh, just from set pieces this season. 
So, yeah, I think defence is definitely their strongest point, in, in my opinion. Um, and I think that it's going to be a really tough game. And I think it's going to be a good barometer of where we are, to be quite honest. Um, I know it's easy to say that, but, you know, I doubt Graham Alexander is going to have them doing a triple session in the morning before travelling up <laughs> to North Wales. Um, I think uh, now we're starting to, you know, we're getting to the groove of games and the rhythm of games. I think now we're going to be able to see a truer reflection of where we're at. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it and dreading it at the same time. Uh, Liam, yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same, mate. Um, I think no one's really talking about... I think this is, def- this is, for the most players in our squad, this is their first game where it's like a sold-out stadium. Like, it's there's quite a lot of anticipation about this. I can't believe it's not a Sky game, by the way. I thought Sky would be all over this. They've chosen Wigan instead at home. Um... Yeah, this is a really big game. And I think, yeah, I think you are right. It'll be like a really key indication as to where we are. Like, are we going to be competing with these teams or are we going to be absolutely battered by these teams? And I'm praying it's not a repeat of Bolton away, I think, for all our sakes, because obviously Santos got a few against us that time and the set piece wise were absolutely shocking. So I think that when it comes down to it, this squad will compete in this game. I do think they will, they will compete. It's just for how long. I think, obviously, fitness-wise, we know that they've been running to the ground this preseason, and around about the 60-minute mark tends to be when they sort of gas out. But you'd hope that, obviously, Wrexham had their warm weather training in in the states, where if we've had our just just general like bleep test, and it's meant to be raining test. on Saturday. It's Fantastic. meant to be raining on Saturday. So, <laughs> of course, it is. Um, so yeah, I think again going off a previous point earlier I think it will be a bit more competitive than people think but do I have to get a result here oh, it's a tough ask would you take a point and run for the, oh, the bloody absolutely. hills absolutely absolutely <laughs> mate yeah, I'll the take beautiful a, I'll take a rolling point. hills of Wales <laughs> yeah I'll be getting straight on that train and getting the hell out of there for sure well, I mean, I guess, should we, should we, I think we may, we haven't actually discussed this, but I think we may have the same starting lineup. Very similar, yeah, probably, mate, yeah. Are you going 4-3-3? Three, three? Yes, yeah, with a pivot, yeah. Great, go on then, you do yours. Uh, so, yeah, um, in goal for sure. I think, I've seen Nathan Harness pre-season, um, say, say he's got a bit of development to do. Um, back four, <laughs> I'm assuming you've got, well, I'll, I'll go, I've got Norman, was Smith Harvey? Oh no, Tucker for me. You on Tucker? Okay, Tucker, Tucker instead of Smith. I think. Um, I think for me, Smith is if we play a back three, perhaps, and Louis not around. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I, I can see why you've gone Smith. It's a good. Oh, God, it's a big, big occasion, mate. And I think we oh, need, we need that player in the defense. Though. We need him. Yeah, the only yeah, and to be fair, they they don't have like mega mega pace either, do they? You know, with Ollie Palmer and Dolby up front, it's not as if it's like a, a I don't know a Mendes Lang or something like that, and you need some legs. But I think Tucker's a really good penalty box defender. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you, think you could say that. Arguably, you could say that Tucker and Smith are the two best defenders, defender defenders, if you want. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I just like Smith for the, the communication piece that I said earlier. I think we're going to need it in that. It's quite a big occasion, that game. It Not many experienced players in, well, it's more than it was last year, trust me, but not still that not that many in that group. So I think you utilise them well, you can. And 
I think if you're not playing Smith in this game, like why have you brought him into the club in the first place, ultimately? Yeah, I mean, I personally, I thought did see Smith as more of sort of like a Robbie Simpson, a Ryan Harley type, where maybe he starts sort of like six to eight games and he's just there for shoring up at the end of games when you're away from home and wanting to hold on. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily start him from the start, personally, but I guess, God, you've made me think. Something to do, mate. Well, I'll toes. go my midfield three then. Um, so I've gone, I think we're both agreed Gilby Williams. Yes. MJ Williams. Um, I've gone for Robson. As a legs and height as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, as you said, it's between him and Du Bois, really, isn't it? And yeah. I, I, yeah, no, for me, it's uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, I think Du Bois would. Robson. Um... Be absolutely murdered in this game if he started running off. I think they just target him completely and such a big role in that midfield that we need someone like Robson who at least we know can actually do that role to some sort of extent from past mm. from the previous, whereas Dodavoy, who's still learning it and going through that process. And, and I think as well, you know, later on, later on in the game, I think Dubois can make a good impact. We've seen him off the bench a few times and he's, you know, burst of energy driving forward from midfield against tired legs. It could, it could be a good option. Um, yeah. You know, to score a consolation goal when we're four 0 down. So, um. and yeah, the forward line, mate. I think, I think it's got to be. I think for me, it's Leco, Mo, and Burns. I don't know what you're thinking. Oh, okay. That's different. I was going for something else. Oh, okay. I was going for Leco, Iser, and Holland. Holland. Why do you think Holland? I just. Um, I think, well, first of all, he can deal with the occasion. You know, we saw at Derby away, he was really impressive. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think just Burns is, again, Burns has been good, but for the same reason as Devoy, I just want, I mean, look, let's face it, Holland was absolute shite last season at times, but he had his moments. And we know there's talent in there. And I, I think, you know, Burns isn't, but then again, you could say Burns has got nothing to lose. Yeah, I'd be I think, happy with uh, Burns or Holland. Well, I don't know about you know Burns or Holland starting. I'd be fine with, but I think Leco and Isa are the ones locked in, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I think those two as a combination, you have to play them like most games, like like Gilby and Williams in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know both of them because oh, I've seen quite a few people get, do shouts of Leco. Like if if Leco could, I mean, <laughs> have you seen have you seen Leco's interview? Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny to be fair. So, it? was it fifteen to twenty goals and how many assists? And the same assist as well, same amount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, think those those two as a combination have to play most games. One hundred percent. I like it. I like it. Can't fault it. Can't knock it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean. I just think the thing like, is though he's got he's got it's it's there like you, you wouldn't be surprised if he does do it would you exactly yeah that's the frustration with him though the fact that you know he can do it but he might not do it <laughs> yeah he's, he's such like a he puts in a fantastic performance one week and then he's complete absolute dog shit the next week um, yeah but that's, that's the life of Leco so. <laughs> yeah I, I I he's one of them that people love to hate as such like Simon Cowell Simon Cowell, brilliant. And then, um, whereas you know, there's other players that people just hate. You know, they've gone from Simon Cowell to Piers Morgan. <laughs> Sorry, that's a line from the fantastic, fantastic comparison there. And I don't know. I think, I think in terms of predictions, mate, 
Are, are we taking anything from this game? I, I know I am personally. Are you? Um, the the result that I think is most likely is a two 0 defeat. Yeah, that's that's my predicted score. If you tell me what I'd be happy with, it's anything that we take a point from. But I personally think we'll lose two 0 I can't. I I would you know if I had to put money on it, that's what I'd be putting money on. However, you know, I, I there is a there is a situ, you know a, a world a universe where I do envisage just getting something from it because, like I said, we we've got players with talent. We've got, but but we've not got players that consistently perform or have done recent in recent years. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not very. I know it's not really much help when you're doing a podcast to talk about it. But um, yeah, it could. I really wouldn't be surprised if we scrape a one nil, or even you know impose ourselves on the game and take it to them. And you know they're all get they get caught up in the occasion and this that and the other. But at the same time, we wouldn't be surprised if they come out of the blocks and a one nil up after eight minutes. Yeah, and then the game's over pretty much. So. I I think, and as you said, we've got a few holes still in our squad. So, uh, yeah, for, you know, they're favourites for a reason. They're odds on. Yeah. I don't think they're quite, I don't think they should be as short as they are. But I think, you know, but I think, uh, you know, I don't think there's value backing them for the win. How, you know, I think actually betting on us might, you know, you could be a decent bet. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> By gamble responsibly, I mean don't back us. Um, but you know, if we, you know, we're quite decent odds, and there, there is a universe where I can envisage us getting something. Um, I know, I know. Even you'd have to be. I, I might. Was it rose tinted specs? Yeah, my rose tinted specs are very much on at this point. But when I Can't say that, at all, mate. you sound you sound completely completely. It's what I, we all this always happens, doesn't it? We always talk ourselves into thinking we might be able to do something, but mm, not with this one. I don't think. I think as no, Nace said, think, this group is so lose, it's so but... tight knit, isn't it? It's such a tight knit group. Not many recruits have come in. Like one has come in, so it's pretty much the same team the, the, from yeah, last the, season. And they've not lost anyone. Of I mean, they're, they're they're similar in terms of Salford or Stockport, where unless a team comes in like two leagues above. They're not losing anyone. Yeah, they're not losing anyone, and we've spoke spoke about it before. This this is a team that's, you know, their budget advantage is going to be similar to that of what say Ipswich was in League One, and Ipswich were like triple our turnover. So it, it's where we're at, unfortunately. Okay, I think we will leave that there before we turn ourselves into not going at all at Exeter on Saturday. Um, yeah. Well, instead of that, we've actually done. So me and Joe have done our. Joe, well, Joe's one twenty four. I've done my top sixes and top sevens mostly. So we're essentially going to run through that. Um, starting with the prem. Joe, I think I can take a guess at who you think is going to win the prem next season. Is it a club from Manchester? Manchester City. Ah, what a surprise! Yes, a, yes, uh, Manchester City. Not from yeah, not a team from Salford. It's a, a team no, from yeah. Manchester. You run through your top um, six. Run through my top six. Okay, I have gone for Manchester City in first, Arsenal in second. I think Liverpool are going to make a, a, a return. They seem to have fixed a few. Um, I mean, how they've got fifty-two million for Fabinho and Jordan Henderson is brilliant, isn't it? It's just, I don't. They really have lucked out there. They have done well. Um, and United in fourth. Uh, finally, got rid of De Gea. Um, but again, you know, still a few question marks in certain areas. Um, and then I've gone Chelsea in fifth. Um, I think they've been quite lively pre-season. So, um, yeah. Um, sixth, I've gone for Spurs. However, 
that is conditional on Harry Kane staying. Um, I really like Postacoglu. Yep. Uh, I think James Madison's a decent signing. But if Kane goes, then I'll probably put Villa or Newcastle in sync. Yep, I can agree on that Spurs prediction for sure. Uh, yes, terms of mine. So, yeah, City first. Pretty obvious one, to be honest. Got United second. It's a bit higher than you. Um, just quite fancy Ten Hag and that team this year. I think it's a lot stronger than people think. And I think they'll score a lot of goals. Arsenal third. Obviously, back in the Champions League this year. Didn't have much Europe last season in terms of latest stage in the season. Something that could impact them if they get far. Got Poch's Chelsea in fourth, which is a bit of a bold one. Oh. Um yeah, I said preseason quite lively. I think their team is a lot better than people are making it out to be. And yeah, I think it's a sort of squad that Poch had at Tottenham that he could really thrive in. Liverpool fifth. Um, pretty turbulent preseason, to say the least. All the injuries and players leaving. Not really replaced some of them so far, despite getting some decent money for them. So, and obviously McAllister getting injured. Assist. That midfield is very ropey. Um, and I'm not too sure where they go from there. And that could impact them at the start of the season. And then Spurs, yeah, Spurs sixth. Obviously, I think Andrew get a lot of goals in that Spurs team, but they're also going to concede quite a few. So, be good football to watch. Be a good team to have an FPL yeah. for sure. Um, but in terms of getting that top four, I think it's maybe a season too soon. Yeah, I post Oakley. I've, I've got high hopes. I think he's a good manager. So um, I've got uh, I've got um, re- relegation now. Um, I've gone for Burnley, Wolves, and Sheffield United. Now, from that, you may be saying, Joe, you don't appear to have said Luton. You would be correct in thinking that. I am predicting Luton will stay up. What have you got? Well, I'm not optimistic you for our lovely neighbours. Um, I've got Luton going down. Um, I also have Wolves and Sheffield United going down as well. I mean, right, here we go. So this is we've got a good little position here because I'm predicting Burnley to go down and you're predicting Luton to go down yes. so I'll present my case and you can either then agree with me and come over to to my side or, or you can argue back okay so my thoughts are if you look at Norwich and Brentford right Norwich blew away the championship played amazing football however they get to the Premier League and they try and play outplay Manchester City they try and outplay Arsenal they try and outplay Liverpool and they can't do it because their players just aren't good enough. This, I feel, is going to be similar to what Burnley are going to try and do. Now, I think Burnley are a little bit better than what Norwich were. Um, however, I think like a team like Luton, they know that they are not as good as Liverpool or Chelsea or Newcastle. So they're not going to try and play football against them. And they're going to do what Brentford do and make life as difficult for you as humanly possible. And quote-unquote, shithouse their way to wins. And they're going to grind out one nils that they probably don't deserve, but they you know, they, they stick in there, almost like a, a Sean Dyche Burnley from three to four years ago. And I feel that Luton are a team that makes, that just makes everything just so hard for their opponents. I mean, they had one, but then again, that the, you could almost argue that they did that in the championship. So could this just be a step too far and the quality just... Is just so, too far apart potentially, yeah, and, and that's the, that's um, the main argument for me is is the quality. Like obviously, you mentioned Brentford there. Where's the Tony and Embremo in this Luton team? You could say uh, okay, Cole the whole Morris. team is, but uh, our good friend. Cal- By the way, do you remember when loads of our fans said that Morris was crap and because he only scored like three goals and whatever. geniuses, absolute geniuses, mate. Yeah, 
Anyway, um, yeah, unfortunately, whilst your argument was very good, um, that Luton team, I don't know, I think they get results for sure. Like that Kenilworth Road will be not a, not quite a fortress. <laughs> but ah, get a few aha, aha. No, I I am here you go. I've got I'm coming back at you here. Okay. Their away record was better, much better than their home record last season. Yeah, well, how's he, how they he, how had one of the there? highest proportions of points being away points of anyone in the EFL. Okay, well, good good luck at um, good luck at some of the stadiums in Premier League. Then I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll say on that front. Yeah, um, yeah. No, if they want to stay up, they have scary. to make Kenilworth Road a fortress. <laughs> they have to absolutely have to. It's uh, such a, it's such that. unique like got back garden that they have to get some points there. Otherwise, they're in trouble. I think they're doing something with the the box end, you know, where all the boxes are. I you can't normally so, see it on the TV. Premier League hospitality. Um, I, I'm in. Well, they've already postponed one game, haven't they? So I, I'm, yeah. I for one, and looking forward. I, I, I think it'll be a good and a fun ride, no matter what. And I'm, I'm aboard the train. Well, I'm glad you're aboard it, mate. Because someone has to be, um, particularly for Milton Keynes. Right, should we get onto our championship predictions? Ooh. Oh, oh, you got top scorer for the Prem. Um, I haven't. At the, I'm on top of my head. I think Rashford's got a good shout. I think Kane, if he stays, has got a good shout. But I mean, can we, do we have to say Haaland? I mean, if you if you had ten pounds and every, yeah, you, you you know, it'd probably be Haaland, right? Yeah, it's boring, but it's Haaland. Yeah. It's a robot. Okay, Championship top six. This could be a bit spicy because I know I think we're slightly different. Um. I'll start on my. I'll do mine first. Why not? So I've got a full manager of ours winning the league, Russell Martin at Southampton. Um, I think that squad as it is, and the travelling squad that's gone to Sheffield Wednesday for tomorrow night's game, is an absolute joke. So, I, I, if they somehow manage to keep Ward Prowse in this, they may, they may lose Lavia, but if they keep Ward Prowse. Um, that team should win the league comfortably. There's no better team in the league in terms of squad and, in my opinion, personnel and the backroom staff to not win the league. So Southampton, I think, will not comfortably win the league, but they'll win the league like well. They'll do very well. And then I've got Sunderland second. Um, really exciting team. Obviously, no Diallo this season, but they've brought in so many other players who are going to do well. Um, and I think their philosophy in terms of recruitment is really, really good. Could be a chance to get into playoffs again, but I just feel that they'll they've sort of got quantity rather than in terms of like in terms of numbers they have now, and, and it's all it takes is one or two of those lads to like smash it out of the park. And with the likes of Jack Clark there, also I think they'll be fine. Uh, Leicester third, um, again a, a super talented squad who have got a pretty good manager now and have recruited really well. Obviously lost Madison and Barnes, but they're like well for funds alongside the parachute payments will be ridiculous. So if they're not in the playoffs, I'll be shocked. West Brom is an interesting one. And there's not alone there's a lot of off field the issue off the field issues at the moment. But again, the front line they've got and I think the general squad there is is too good not to be in the conversation, despite the ownership issues. And of course Corbyn as their coach who's in my opinion one of the best coaches in the league and will coach that team into at least getting close to the playoffs. Um Bristol City is another team with Pearson, a great coach, really talented squad. Probably losing Scott to Bournemouth. Um, but again, like the wealth of attacking options is crazy and they're a team that's on the up as opposed to um the opposite. So that's uh 
again a team that could sneak in potentially um and yeah a bit of a boring one in, in Middlesbrough um a team who got into semi-finals last year kept a similar team at Pomenarchi will get ridiculous amount of goals and I could see them getting into the top six and potentially making a run at Wembley I've got a few disagreements there shock um, oh, that's good. I've got West Brom mid-table. I, as you say, they've got they've lost Livermore, their captain. Um, he's gone to Watford, and I feel that just that there's going to be there's so many issues going on off the field that I feel yeah. that it's just going to over over cloud everything. Um, I've gone for Southampton to win the league, as you you've pretty much said everything I wanted to say. Um, I mean, a lot of people have mentioned about Russell Martin never finishing higher than sort of tenth. Well. I mean, if you look at that Swansea team and how steadily that Swansea team has just been stripped of any players, you know, showing any sort of merit. I mean, in January, they lost six players and they signed one youth teamer. You know, he, he's kind of been fighting with his hand behind his back at Swansea. And I think the budget can, that he had compared to what Steve Cooper got them into the playoffs with is, is minuscule. So, you know, it's, it's time, you know, he's had, this is probably the first time he's got a squad capable of promotion other than the one he he, he um, walked away from in, in Milton Keynes. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do. Um, and then Leicester, again, like you said, they've got a good squad. Um, I don't think Winks and Cody are particularly great signings, but I think that they're, you know, they should do fine in the championship. I've gone Leeds third. You, you forget the sort of the talent that they've still got. They've still got Tyler Adams there. They've still got the likes of Pascal Stroik, um, Melier. They've got, I think, like people like Furpo. Is he still there? Um, so. They signed a, a striker from Germany, thirty million, called Rutter. They got Somerville there. They got Willie Nonto still there. So it's more a fact of, well, they've just got a ridiculous amount of talent. And even if they lose some of it, they've still got Daniel Farker as manager, who has won that league two or three times now. So um, Coventry. I feel that they've been really clever with this Gyokeresh money they got. They got twenty million and they've spread it around the team. So I feel like not only have they replaced Gyokeresh quite well, you know, I don't think Ellis Sims is as good as him, but he's certainly good. They've kept Gustavo Harmer and now they're starting to just sprinkle that money throughout the team. A million here, two million there. Um so I think they'll be up there again. Uh, Middlesbrough, I've gone for fifth, but I think they could easily finish outside the playoffs personally. Um, there's uh, Chubrakpom hasn't played all pre-season. Yeah. Um, there's talk of him going to Sheffield United. Um, Cameron Archer is only there on loan, so unfortunately, so I think that they, you know, they haven't really improved on last season at all for me. And if anything, the competition is stronger around them now. Um, and I think as well, at times we did see them exposed um, at the back because of how attacking they were at times. Um, and then I've gone Sunderland sixth, same reasons as you. I think that Ahmad Diallo is a big miss, but, you know, Ross Stewart didn't actually play, I think he played maybe 10 games last season or something. Yeah. So if, if they can get him fit and firing, he could be a real, you know, he could be the difference. And also, um, at times last season, their defensive depth was shot to pieces. So the fact they've got some defenders now, a um, bit of depth there, um, I think they'll go well again. Yeah, Leeds is a hard one for me. I did want to throw him in there. Um I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, I can't put a finger on it in particular, but I just it was. My, I went with mostly my gut with this one, and I think in particular the likes of West Brom, I, I do just think will somehow get in there. 
Um, I like Bristol City. I've got them top half for sure. We know how unpredictable championship is, mate. Like obviously, yeah, like these Premier League teams coming down are going to have like ridiculous amount of resource and talent, but sometimes it just, just doesn't click. And um, can I? Oh, God, I was just going to say, just to note, Ipswich are fifth favourites. Yeah, neither of us got them in the top so, six. <laughs> uh, I've got them eighth, but I think you know, out of the top, so obviously you've got the three relegated Prem teams. So Ipswich are the second favourite that aren't a parachute payment team. Yeah, yeah, that's quite impressive. So, yeah, um, cool. Relegation. relegation, relegation. Um, so I've gone, I've gone QPR. Um, they just, just not, they've done nothing. They've done nothing, and Ilias well, Chair can get you so far. Yeah, um, and again, another club who I think are going to struggle with Rotherham, like really bad. Um, obviously they say that Bolas Guinness is last season. Um, but again, like they got January did well, but didn't. There's not enough there for me. Uh, and then I've got Swansea. Obviously, I see the transition for them this season. Michael Duff has come in. And it feels a very boom or bust season. I think they'll either finish sick for 22nd. That's how I feel about them. They're not going to be a mid-table team this year. And I think it's more likely, with the personnel they have lost, they, like you mentioned, that they do, and they're still going to lose, by the way, um, they do have a bit of a a bad season. What do you reckon? Are you shaking your head? I think you're completely bonkers. In terms of the Swansea prediction, I think they've still got Joe Pirot. They've signed He's Jeremy leaving. Yates. They've still got, well, then they'll have 10 million to spend on transfers. Um, they've still got, um, well, I mean, it looks like Paul Fish has been replaced by um, a Brighton keeper coming in on loan. Yeah, Rush Rushworth, keeper. Yeah. Um, but I think um, as well, who else they got? They got they got um, Matt Grimes, one of the best midfielders in the league. They've got Joe Allen, as I've said. Yeah, to be fair, they have lost a few players, but I I just I rate Michael Duff. Fair enough. I rate Mike Duff. Um I've got QPR going down. Just a basket case at the moment. When your manager says five days before the season starts, we're up against it. They have not even played a game yet. Yeah. <laughs> that is and you know they they signed Paul Smythe, who scored 13-14 for Leighton Orient last season. I mean, yeah. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, again, bit of a basket case club off the pitch. Um, very public feud between the owner and Darren Moore, which I just thought was a bit unnecessary. Um, and then you've got players that are really talented, like Barry Bannon, but where he could kind of get away with it in League One. In League One, though, in the Championship, I just don't think he's, you know, he's just a decent player in the Championship. And I think, you know, they've got a lot of players that are top end League One, but actually, you know, people like Ehikwe or Michael Smith, I just feel the quality just is not there. And I feel they're very much sort of just workmanlike. They need a bit of spice, a little bit of extra. And I just think as well, they got Zisco Munoz in as well. And I think he got Watford promoted, but I think it's just a weird, weird yeah. managerial appointment. I don't really know what to make of it. And I just think, again, it's just a bit of a basket case. Just off the field, it just seems a lot of stuff going on at the moment. Um, and then Rotherham, it's not necessarily because I think Matt Taylor's done anything wrong. And I commend what they've done in recent years, but they've lost Og Bene, who was, you know, a real bright spark last season. And I just, just look at that squad and I just think, oh, I, I just really fear for them, unfortunately. Uh, top scorer? 
I haven't got one for this one, so feel free to go for yours. Um, I think Adam Armstrong. Yeah, good shout. Southampton. Um, also, I think Ellis Sims could. He's uh, he's quite a big price as well, Ellis Sims. So, I mean, he did score two against us, so maybe that's influenced my decision somewhat. But um, I think Adam Armstrong last time he was in the Championship got twenty eight goals. So, um, yeah. yeah, he could be worth a little look at. Your predictions are too sensible. Now, league, yeah, League One. I think this is like the for me. There's sort of maybe nine or ten teams that I think could get playoffs slash win the league. Mm. And then the rest of the league is crap. <laughs> How would you... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I wish we were in this league, this, this league one last season, because, my God, it's... it's... It, no, it's absolutely vile, though. Like, honestly, so many of them teams are just, like, solid, boring Nothing teams. Well, let's speak about some of the non-nothing teams then. Um, give us your top six. Go on. You, you go first. Do you want to go first? All right. Um, cool. So I think it's I think first place is me for a team who did pretty well last year, won a trophy, and they're going to win another trophy this year in Bolton. Um, Ian Everett is... I one of the best coaches in the EFL, in my opinion. They've recruited really well. Obviously, got a got Paris Vagoma in, who, whilst I don't think will be a key starter, would definitely be a good squad player for sure. And the fact that he's a squad player in that team says it all, really, for me. Another team recruited quite well, uh, Charlton, I think will be up there. Um, you know, I mean, their squad's crazy again. And I think I think quite a few of these teams I've got here have just taken advantage of the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and some other teams in the league just not being in there, quite frankly. And they've got the money and sort of capital to spend whilst they can. Very similar situation for Pompey. I think Pompey have had the best window in the EFL for sure. Getting someone like Regan Paul in is a good, good example of that. A person who should have gone to the championship hasn't and is now um, in League One with a team. He's probably going to finish at least at least top six, if not higher than that. Then a few more rogue ones. Um Oxford is an interesting one. I think Liam managed them really well, and we know what he's like as a coach. For we always said to said to George Ellick, we said to every Oxford fan, if he can keep them up last season, next season they'll be really they'll be up there. And I think with the recruitment they've had and the players they've got in, they could definitely get into that top six in this sort of league this year. Which is, as Joe sort of said, there's a bit of a there's a clear gap between certain teams and the rest. Uh, which is why Derby again get into the top six for me. Not a particularly glamorous team. Obviously lost McGoldrick, lost a few others, um, got a few numbers in, but they just got the a bit like Ipswich potentially last year, have a bit of bit of capital, a bit of power where they, if they need to use it, they can and probably get some decent players in despite losing some numbers. And then finally, I've gone Bristol Rovers, which is a bit of the rogue roguist one. Um obviously had a controversial summer signing Giovanni Brown. Um, but overall, I think their front line will get goals. And I think Joey Barton, whilst he isn't my cup of tea, um, I look at the rest of the, the sort of top of those teams in, in League One, and I think I've ordered Bristol Rovers to sneak in. I've pretty much got exactly the same. I've got one team different. So I've got Portsmouth winning the league. I think since John Moussinho came in, they've been um, really sort of solid. They were averaging near two points a game. But now they've just added, they've not necessarily like changed the game and 
like made some you know signings that really stand out. Like you say, players like Regan Paul or Anthony Scully, they're just good League One players. And just adds to a bit, you know, adds to the fact, adds to the likes of Marlon Pack or Joe Morrell or Colby Bishop that are already there. So big fan of that. I've gone for Derby second. Um, they brought in Joe Ward. They brought in Kane Wilson, which I think is a really exciting signing. And the fact is they've actually kept um, Erin Cashin. They've managed to keep Louis Sibley. They've managed to keep Bird. Um, so, I mean, I know they lost McGoldrick, um, but I think that, you know, I think that they are still one of the stronger teams. Bolton, again, just spread, you know, they're just going to go again as far as I'm concerned. Um and then I've got Charlton and Oxford also for similar reasons. I think Charlton could be the one that actually could be competing for the top. Yeah, I've got a couple of um, bets for them to be in the top six. So I think you know that could be a good one. Um, Barnsley, I've still got being Ooh. up there. The managers, I don't know too much about, I, I must confess, but they've been doing some... They've tied down uh, Luke Connell. They've still got Herbie Kane. They've still got Jordan Williams. Um, and they've signed quite a few non-league players, and it could be that actually maybe they crash down a little bit, but the, it could be the other way. One wild card for you, Blackpool, back under yeah. Neil Critchley's yeah, yeah. control, and we saw what you know once he got his 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 way going, they they really rose up. And do you remember they were I think near the bottom of the table in November. And then they were like the best team in the league from that November, and then they won the playoffs. So, you know, they've got again a lot, of, quite an industrious team. They lost Jerry Yates, um, so maybe just a little bit in the striker department will be needed just to help them out. But um, and Peterborough, they're always going to be up there. Um, and just, I mean, Liam, you, you saw them as well. Key and Brecken signed for Wickham. Yeah, and um, Wickham have quietly been doing some good business actually. So, just another one to watch out for, I think. Yeah, on to relegation. Um, one interesting one, three boring ones for me. Uh, the boring ones, uh, Reading, um, absolutely massive football club. I'll be shocked if they stay up, quite frankly. Um, Cambridge, again, lost a lot of players. Really not in a good spot at all. And I don't see where the quality is right now. Same with Cheltenham. Obviously lost Alfie May, um, who basically kept them up last year. They got Southwood back, cool, but it's one player and... But fortunately, one player can't save you, and I help you, mate. Um, interesting one is Leighton Orient. I'm not sure if Adji and Piggott can get them enough goals, and I think that's what will keep them up or or send them down. So yeah, I threw them in there a bit of a wild card. I'm sure you've got maybe two or three similar to me. Um, I've gone for Carlisle. Oh, okay. I think they might lose Owen Moxon. I think if they lose Moxon, I think they're done. Not done, but, like, you know. But, I mean, but they've got a very good manager. I think Paul Simpson, he's, he's done really well. But I just feel like, you know, I just... I look at Carlo, I'm just like, yeah, you know. Um, I think Cheltenham, again, for the reasons you've said. Um, I, I am actually regretting this one I've put down, Fleetwood. I think Fleetwood have a good team, but obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, Um by that, I mean their owner's been jailed for 13 years for fraud. Um, and so I think maybe in two or three years, maybe there might be issues. 
However, at the moment, I think they may be fine because they do, you know, have the likes of Jane Stockley, Jack Marriott. So actually, I might jump the gun a little bit on that one. Um, Cambridge, as you say, they've lost Meetov, they've lost Sam Smith, they've lost Harvey Nibs. Um, I haven't gone for Reading, and the reason I haven't is because you know they've signed Charlie Savage, they've signed um, Harvey Nibs, they've signed Sam Smith, and there's another one they signed, uh, George Friend. Yeah. But however, I have, I've recently learned that actually there may be some issues with them actually registering the players. Um, so I, I just I think with Reading, you know, I think if they manage to sort some things out on the pitch, it's not going to be hard for them to pull themselves away. Um, and they've still got people like Tom Holmes, Tom McIntyre, Andy Yeardham still there, Andy Carroll. Um, you know, and their, their manager's Ruben Sellers, who is at Southampton. So um, I'm looking forward to him yes. seeing Andy Carroll to try and get to. A full press. It's uh, going to be selling to Lee uh, too, mate. I think that's what he's going to be doing. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I think um, I think with Reading, you know, hopefully they can manage to sort themselves out, and then from that point, they should be all good. Right. Last but not least, the, the important one, League Two. Um, let's just get straight into it. Where do we have the Dons finishing this season? Ninth. Yikes. I'm 10th. This is at the moment. Yeah, of course. Yeah, as of recording, yeah. The 3rd of August. At, at the time of recording, with a month still to go with the transfer window. If we, if the window was to slam shut now, this is where I'd have us. Yeah, there's just too many teams that are better than us right now. Like, if we run through my... I run through the top seven now, so... Obvious ones, not Stockport, Wrexham. They'll all be there, one hundred percent. Like the Scott, the team's too good. Stockport should have won it last year, um, and obviously not some Wrexham had a ridiculous last season. Cool, Gillingham for me are there also. Um, again, done really well recruitment wise, and they've got back. They've got resource to get out of this league, and I think they will. They will do. I refer to the playoffs or top three. Um, Salford again recruit quite well. Um, just. Constantly building and building on every single year. Ran it last year. Be surprised they're not in the top seven again this year. Uh, Warsaw, I've got there. Um, one of the more rogue ones for me. Um, just quite like, obviously, I got the likes of Danny Johnson, who could be a twenty goal striker, depending on how you look at things. And not saying you need that to get in the top seven, but it's kind of ideal. And the likes of like Comley. Uh, Hutchinson, uh, Mayer. I think there's enough there, and I think for Sadler to work with ultimately, and they could be a surprise team to get into the top seven. Um, and then Grimsby again, recruited really, really well, building another good season on and off the pitch. Could see them getting in. Yeah, so I've pretty much got the same. Um, I've also added Doncaster into that mix as well. Doncaster and Mansfield. Um, I feel that Mansfield. They've just, I mean, today they added Aidan Flint, yeah, uh, championship centre back in. Um, so, you know, just to show you their clout, they also got George Williams. Um, they've also, um, yeah, just strengthened all over. They've got Hiram, they have. So, of course, uh, yeah. One to watch out for. Um, and then Bradford, you know, Bradford, I feel, feel that actually, if anything, Mark Hughes is holding them back because their squad is ridiculous. However, it was pretty much their goalkeeper and their centre forward, which actually got them any discernible results last season and basically dragged them by them. But the two of them just dragged Bradford to the playoffs. Uh, but they've made some good signings. Um, 
Yeah, and I think Salford actually could be one that I think a lot of people are saying for you know the the, the top three is between Gillingham, Notts County, Wrexham, Stockport. But I think you can grow throw Salford into that mix as well because they've actually managed to keep hold of Elliot Watt, who's the best midfielder in League Two last season. Yeah, and they they've still got Matt Smith for striker, um, and so I feel like they're just going to be building on another solid season. Um, so what is your top three? I've gone Stockport, Wrexham, Gillingham. Uh, not Stockport and Wrexham. I know you completely disagree with Notts being top because um, of their defence, but I have gone Notts. Defence is good enough. Yeah. I've got Notts fourth. I've got Notts fourth. Um, so, enough. yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, we're fair. I think Bar- a shout for Barrow as well. They're yeah, also, yeah, Barrow, good shout. You yeah. know, could be potentially strong. Um, right, go on then. The two relegated... At least, at least it's not going to be, you know, a certain team from Buckinghamshire. Yeah, please, please tell me. Well, you'd better hope not, mate. Um, please tell me you've got Crawley in there. Um, I've got Crawley right at the bottom. Good, good. Yeah, they're an absolute state. Um, and then I have, um, I have Sutton. Oh no, I've got Harrogate. Yeah, Harrogate. Boring, boring, boring predictions. Oh, no, no, happens. no. But I feel. Harrogate were one of the worst teams last season and they had a brilliant striker who was bailing them out in Luke Armstrong and I feel like I don't think he's going to be there come the start okay. of the season or, or come come the end of the window so to speak I yeah. think I've actually seen some stuff about Rex and maybe go for him oh, okay. um, so <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, good, goodbye and good night um, I, <laughs> but I think I think it was Sutton I think they've just, they're just solid and I think Matt Gray their manager you know they nearly got playoffs in their first season up in up in uh, League Two, so yeah, I think Harrogate are just they lost to uh, Patterson as well, who who went to Bradford. So I think mm. Harrogate are going to struggle next season personally, and I think as well Morecambe. Just wanted to note, you know, they've got ownership issues, so that could be one where that easily goes downhill. However, Derek Adams, I think, is a fantastic manager at this level. Yeah, as people always say with League Two, it's not exactly who's the worst two teams; it's who's who's the two teams that. Don't survive the financial issues, which uh, can be a real issue, and ultimately send them down to non-league, which is a real shame. But um, it's how it works usually. Right, Joe, we've been here for pretty much well, well over an hour and a half now. So I think we should um, give people a rest and sign off. But we'll both be in Wrexham on Saturday, praying that we get some sort of result in the pissing down of rain. I'm sure we'll see a lot of you there. Um, and feel yeah, free to buy us drinks all all after. Yeah, honestly, yeah. If you can advise pints, please do. I'll happily take some pints for sure. Um, but until then, come on, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.